But when I realized that I was part of this bigger collective and that I was just a child of the stars. You are listening to episode 16 of Tried and True with Caroline. On today's show, I'm talking with Hope Long, who is a business confidence coach, as well as a host of a show called Self-Improvement for Women, which can be found on Everyday Woman TV. She also has a Facebook group with the same name of Self-Improvement for Women. Our conversation today revolves around recovery, hope, and never giving up on yourself. This is Tried and True, a place to chat about how aligning your daily wellness routine, mindset, and self-care contribute to building meaningful businesses and relationships while curating an empowered and fulfilling life. Being an entrepreneur isn't easy, and learning to balance all of the things is another story, but totally worth it. Through these podcasts, my goal is to bring creative conversations to the table that empower, enlighten, and elevate your workspace wherever you are listening. If you are looking for a place that's going to support that big dream of yours and replace your doubt with, you gotta do this thing, know that progress is better than perfection and momentum is magic, you're in the right place. And you know that thing you keep looking for that you believe is going to change everything? I've got news for you. If you're still looking for it, I have your answer. Go and look in the mirror. You are the answer. I believe that the messages we hear are never a coincidence, and when the student is ready, the teacher appears. By listening to these conversations with experts, thought leaders, and fellow entrepreneurs, you are opening the channels of expansion and allowing new sources of inspiration to ripple across your brainwaves, reminding you to come home to your already amazing self. Learn from the past, be wildly curious in the now, and blaze a new trail to the future. If this sounds like your sort of conversation, I've got a seat reserved just for you. Your time is now, my friend. Welcome and thank you for joining me. Let's get this show started. Welcome to Tried and True. I am talking to Hope Long, and she is a business confidence coach, as well as the host of the Everyday Woman TV show, um, which is called Self-Improvement for Women. And she also has a group, a Facebook group that is also called Self-Improvement for Women. Today, we are going to be talking about lots of things. All the things. All the things. All the things (laughs) that got us to where we are today. And sometimes I I think people think that that's so cliche of like, oh boy, here they go again. They're going to start talking about how they got to where they got to. Well, yeah, I want to know how people got to where they got because you wouldn't have gotten to the place you got probably if you wouldn't have gone through all the things. Right. So why, why do we kind of shy away from that whole story of how you got there because it might sound like I said cliche but really at the end of the day there's really no two stories alike 
And, and that's the beauty of it, you know? Yeah. It's important to have that backstory. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and sometimes it's the inspiration that people need to light a fire up under their butts. <laughs> yep. I totally so, believe it. Really, so, really believe it. So let's go. Okay. Well, so I'm Hope. Um, and I'm really excited to be here. And I want to thank you for having me on your show. Yeah, I am a business confidence coach. I am a TV host. I am a blogger. And I'm also a recovering alcoholic. And so that is kind of my past and my story of how I got to where I am. I spent um, 10 years staring at the bottom of the bottle. I was convinced that I was in there somewhere. Like the real hope was in there. And spoiler alert, she wasn't. <laughs> um, yeah. And I I spent that 10 years and it, it, it developed pretty quickly. Like it got bad really fast and nobody saw this coming, right? Like my family didn't see it coming. My friends didn't see it coming. I didn't see it coming. It just, it just happened so quickly and it just spiraled so quickly. So it happened and got worse and worse and worse and worse. And during this time, I was in traumatic relationship after traumatic relationship. Mm-hmm. I was putting myself in traumatic situations. Of course. Um, I was the girl that was passing out at the bar. I was the girl that was passing out on the lawn. I was the girl who was getting into fights. I was the girl that was wrecking her car and going to jail and lying and cheating and stealing um, from my family and and just being the polar opposite of of everything I thought I would be like when I think of 10 year old me, 10 year old me was fantastic. Like I was such a, and I know it sounds ridiculous, but I was like this bright, sunny little girl who had the whole world in the palm of her hand. You know, the world was my oyster. I was going to go to college and do all these things and make all this money and be so successful. And And then life happened and alcoholism happened and all that just right down the drain. And yeah, so, so I spent the last 10 years, a a decade of my life drinking away all of, I, somewhere in there, I, I was looking for myself, right. This whole time. Mm -hmm. And I was there the whole time, but I, but I couldn't, I wasn't allowing myself to be myself because I was concealing it with the alcohol and with, you know, the trauma and with all those things. And I was just sitting in this pool of, of regret and sadness and, oh, poor me. And, and I, I know it sounds terrible, but the truth is as addicts and alcoholics, we are, yes, we are our own worst enemies, but we are also the hardest on ourselves. Like if you can imagine scolding a child for doing something wrong, we do that in our brains 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We sleep it, right? And so we have all this negativity that we are just brooding on, right? And um, it wasn't until 2018, I went to rehab and I went to rehab three times. (laughs) It took me three tries until, you know, something finally stuck. And, but each time, you know, I did get a little bit better. I got a little more clear. I got, mm-hmm. I got longer sobriety here and there and, and I was doing the things. So I started a blog after, you know, during this time 
And after my third time in rehab, I really was connecting with these women there who wanted me to share their stories. And when I say share their stories, these women, I'm telling you, one of these women, she was a single mom. She watched two people that she was close that she was close with die in front of her. So that was traumatic for her. She was bringing up all these children. She couldn't get out of poverty. She couldn't put the needle down, you know, all these things. And she was all alone. She had no family. She had no friends. She exhausted all of her resources and it landed her in rehab. And to watch somebody from their day one go to their day 30 was incredible. You see their, their eyes start to come back to life. You see their skin starting to glow. And as they start speaking up more and, and things like that, their personalities really start to shine. Mm -hmm. All these things that get so dull when you're in the middle of the addiction, right? So I started sharing their stories on the blog. I was interviewing them and we were talking and I got home from, from rehab and was putting these things out there and it was really resonating. It was reaching people. And I was so, I felt so grateful. Like I started practicing gratitude and sobriety a lot. It gives me chills when I think about it now. And I still get the chills because it, it was, it was so beneficial and it was so helpful for women out there who are just reading the, reading on the internet to know that they're not the only person that has gone through something like that, to know that they are not alone. And so I was like, wow, this is amazing. I want to help more people. How can I help more people? And the opportunity presented itself to do this TV show. And I thought, oh my God, this is great. You know, potential of 40 million people. I was like, let's do it. Sign me up right now. And so, yeah. And so I started that. I took some time. And I was like, okay, what has been the biggest change, right? What, what I went from point A to point B and I needed to step back and analyze how that happened with practicing the gratitude, the self-love, building up my self-worth again, my self-esteem, my confidence skyrocketed. You know, I really feel like I know it's, and it sounds silly, but I feel like a flower that has finally bloomed. Mm-hmm. And cause I spent so long, you know, being in the dark and being quiet and being the polar opposite of everything that I have been intended to be. Right. You know? And I'm finally at this place of, you know, utter confidence. I jump on the internet and I just start talking to people or, you know, I walk out the door and I just start talking to people because you never know. I find a lot of value in sharing your story, sharing your background, but also connecting with people and just speaking because you never know if you're going to say something that's going Mm -hmm. to change their life. You may never speak to that person again, right? but you could say one thing that they took with them and you've changed the trajectory of their entire life. Mm -hmm. How, how amazing is that? Right. 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 I mean, it has a lot to do with, and this is what I've learned over time. Okay. So when you were in like the, the deep, the dark trenches of your addiction, right. You are operating at a very low frequency because you've got a lot of like negativity. You've got, you know, you're not seeing the light of day. You're not seeing, you're just not, you're in a fog basically. 
Right. And so when you're operating in that, in that low vibrational frequency, you're not going to be in, in the, in the surroundings of like goodness, you know, because that's just low frequency does not really breed goodness. Now, did you, were you able to like be in rehab and, and start, you know, start starting to see and starting to see that frequency change? Yes. But when you're initially in that space where you're in that low vibrational frequency, you're not going to get a whole lot of stuff. That's great. That's coming out of that. So we are going to meet people in their vibrational frequency when we need to see that. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, if, if, if you are in, you know, your dark night of the soul kind of episode in life, you're going to be looking for your frequency is going to be seeking out one of two things, more people who are in that dark night to kind of let you stay there because you don't know where else to go. Or when your body feels like, and this this is where the body and the brain and, and the soul is so just miraculous when you've had enough and your body knows it and your and it's your soul's job in this lifetime to be the teacher as well as the student, the teacher arrives. Yeah. Absolutely. In, in the right time. Absolutely. And it meets you at the frequency that you were at and then slowly starts to like plug you in and say, okay, we're going to charge you up and this is what we're doing. Yeah. Am I right? Like, Absolutely. is that kind of, that's a hundred percent it. So, so yeah, you're in this space <clears throat> where you're, you're in the darkness, right? We call it the madness because mm. recovering alcoholics and, and addicts, we like to call it the madness. Mm-hmm. So I was in the madness. And, um, when you're in the madness, you are, you're automatic, like you're just attracted to other people in the madness because it's comfortable for you. Right. You, you're, you're there. So you're comfortable there. And then for me going into rehab, I was meeting people who were out of the madness so I could relate to them. Right. And I was like, oh, you've been where I'm, where I am. And I didn't necessarily, I will, I'm going to be a hundred percent honest. When I went into rehab, I did not know one. I didn't know what to expect. Never gone before. And I didn't talk to anybody about it. I was just like, I've got to go. I've got to fix something because I feel ill. Right. I just felt that was like, I was bottom. That was the rock bottom. Right. I just Mm -hmm. felt ill. I was just sick of myself and I was sick of the booze and I was sick of all this trauma and all this chaos that was in my life. So I went to rehab and then I get there and I'm meeting people that have taken themselves out of this situation. So they are operating on a very high vibrational frequency. And when you put yourself around people that are operating at that frequency, mm-hmm. it, uh, it, it like rubs off on you and it just, mm-hmm it opens you up a little bit as despite you, you might try to like block it out and you might try to be like, Oh, well, they're nothing like me. Oh, I did whatever it is. You might try to put them off, but they, you simply cannot help it because their vibration, because it's so positive and because it is so it's, it's more powerful than your negative vibration, right. 10 times more powerful. Right. right. And it just absolutely rubs off on you. And I, I talk a lot about this, in my, in my Facebook group. Cause I am also like really into the law of attraction 
what you think about, you bring about and those things. And it, when I started, I started actually intentionally practicing the, the law of attraction and practicing gratitude and practicing raising my vibration and the results that I saw like that immediate, immediate change. Mm-hmm. My day would flip from a 20% okay day to a 99 great day. Like can't wait to wake up tomorrow. You know, it was an instant change for me. And so I find it's just so, so important. And it has a lot to do with your mindset, right? If you want to stay like, unfortunately, nobody wants to stay in the darkness. Nobody wants to be there due to trauma, due to the comfortability of it. You know, we're humans. So we like being comfortable. And when we start stepping out of the comfort, that's when like really amazing things start happening, but it can be really scary. Mm-hmm. And it's so important. You need to scare yourself every single day. Do something that terrifies you every single day. And you will see an immense change in your growth, in your mindset, in your confidence, in your self-worth, self-esteem. And it just, it changes everything. Mm-hmm. If you want to live, I don't care if your biggest dream is like living in Costa Rica on the beach do one thing every day that scares the crap out of you. That's going to get you closer to that. Right. And then one day you're going to wake up on the beach in Costa Rica. Right. You just will. That's how the universe works. I I agree. And it's, what did it take for you to say to yourself, okay, I've been to rehab twice already and it didn't work. I don't know the typical amount of times that it takes someone to get to I guess, wake up to the reality of this is meant to help you not to hold you back. You know, people will stay stuck in really bad situations because they fear, at least they know, like if this is a really crappy situation, like they know that it's, that it's just, it's crap. Like they, they wake up every day knowing, okay, this is what I'm going to have to deal with today. This is my life. This is my life. This is my life. And it gets to the point where it's comfortable for them to pull them out of that situation is scary because they don't know if the other thing is really going to work. So it's, it's safer for them to stay in this bubble of sad to say, like I've been there too, you know, where you fear it's like the, the uncertainty of what it could be like is scarier than just waking up in the dark because I know this place. I'm, I'm, I get it. Like I'm completely familiar with this. How did you realize that like, okay, I don't care what it is on the other side. It has to be better than this. Like what was the catalyst that moved you to that decision? It was a lot of things like, I I don't want to say that it was just like this breaking point, like a, a real rock bottom that a lot of people talk about because I was so broken when I went in the first time I had, there were so many shards and so many pieces. I didn't even have the capability. I, I really believe this. Like I did not have the capability of making a sincere and honest decision when I went in the first time, like I thought I was making a decision to quit drinking, right? That is what my brain told me. 
But my subconscious told me, you're not going to quit. You're afraid of this. You're afraid of that. You are not strong enough. You're not brave enough. You're a sham. You're a lie. All these things, right? Because I had programmed myself all these years to believe that. And so I went in the first time with good intention, Mm -hmm. but I was dishonest with myself. Right. And when I, and that was like so big for me, realizing that I had been lying to myself and I was like, oh my God, I can't even trust my brain. I can't even trust, you know, all these things. Um, what I learned to trust was how I felt because mm-hmm. my feelings tell me what I'm thinking. Right. Mm-hmm. And so while I was in that 30 day program, the first time I you know, went with good intention, but I also had this, this chatter in the back of my brain telling me that I was nothing, that I was not able to do this. This is a waste of time. You're just going to keep hurting people in your life. And in that 30 days, they really worked on that first 30 days for me. They really, really worked on building my self-esteem back up. They really worked on just putting a couple pieces back together that had been shattered. And when people tell you things repeatedly over and over and over and over and over again, and when you tell yourself something repeatedly over and over and over again, you start to believe it. Mm -hmm. And I'm forever grateful for positive affirmations because it took me 30 days. It took me 30 days and like thousands, thousands of positive affirmations, talking to myself like a crazy person. Like I looked like a fool, but I got up every single day and I said some stuff in the mirror and I didn't believe it for like the first two weeks. But by week three, I'm starting to be like, you know what? I can change. I can do this. I'm ha- I have a little more confidence in myself. I, I, I could do this. And it just it was, it was putting those pieces back together that began the, this wheel that started to turn. Mm -hmm. And so I get out that first time, you know, and I, and I screwed up, I drank, you know, but I didn't feel as bad because I immediately said, okay, I made a mistake. And what happened was I was triggered. I was unprepared on how to deal with that trigger. Mm -hmm. I recognized that. And I thought, okay, I need, I need help preparing for triggers. I got to go back to rehab. So I went back to rehab like that. I was like, I'll I'll just go back to, and because I felt safe there, I was in a controlled environment and I was thriving and -hmm. I was listening to what they had to say. I've always been a good student. So when I go there and I'm in the class, I'm taking all these notes, I'm paying attention and it was starting to stick. And I get out, I get out the second time. And I had a little more, little more time sober, but I relapsed again, you know, and I was like, okay, I, I identified the trigger. It did happen. I know how to deal with it, but I chose not to deal with it the way they taught me. Why mm-hmm. am I like this? Right. And I went back and what I found is that, and I, this is probably something that people will disagree with, right? But it is a... It is such a conscious and important decision every day for me. I have to wake up in the morning and consciously decide I'm not going to drink today, no matter what happens. 
I cannot skip that step because my brain is a fickle bitch, right? It's, I take a lot of pride in the small wins. Mm -hmm. As we all should. Yes. I'm even proud of myself for for taking a shower some days. If that is all I do and I stay sober and I take one shower, I'm okay. I did, I did the thing. I stayed sober because if I don't stay sober, what happens, you learn how to play the tape. Mm. And this is what I learned the third time I was there. Let's play my tape. What's going to happen if I take this drink? Well, what has happened in the past? Uh, I went to jail. I wrecked my car. I hurt my family. I hurt my friends. I was a bad, bad mom, horrible mom. What kind of mom goes out, drinks and drives, and then gets in a wreck? Thank God he was not in the vehicle. But what about somebody else's kid? I could have hurt them. I could have killed somebody. So I play that tape. And then I also play the tape of, okay, after the bad thing has happened, now what do I do? I have guilt, shame, and remorse. Mm -hmm. And I'm, and I just play the tape over and over and over again. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want any of that to happen today. So let's just not drink. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it's every day. I have to tell myself that. So, so yeah, it wasn't a, 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 a instant, you know, rock bottom. I've got to change. It was a progression of me learning about myself to where I know my limit and I know that every day I have to wake up and do certain things to maintain my sobriety, to maintain my self-confidence, to maintain my self-esteem. Because if the self-confidence and the self-esteem start to slip, so will the sobriety. Mm. If I don't stay mentally well, the sobriety, the sobriety will, will also become ill. Like I will, I'll relapse. Right. I've got to pay the utmost attention to my mindset and to how I feel. Now, okay, so do you think that when you left rehab, do they like not give you a toolbox? Because no, you're not walking out of there with like a Home Depot toolbox. But do you have like this toolbox of like I have my own little spiritual go-tos for pretty much anything I can think of, right? Do you have a toolbox that you are, like you said in the morning, like you say to yourself, okay, today is not the day, right? Um, And you have your things. So have you found that those things are easier for you to implement or as time goes by, because you keep using them day in and day out, you're like, oh my gosh, here I am with this phrase again. Like today is not the day today. I'm going to be this. Do you feel like that that just starts to lose its sparkle after a while? Yeah, it does. It definitely does. And I'm very type A. So I get bored very easily, right? I cannot have one hobby and just stick with it for the rest of my life because I will get bored. And I can't have just one thing going on in my life because I will get bored. And that was also a big trigger for me in you know, in alcoholism, if I'm bored, I need to drink or, you know, whatever it may be. What's awesome is that your sobriety is so, um, it's intimate and it's just for you. It's not for anybody else. Nobody else is going to work the same program that you do. You have the same guidelines, but you can make everything your own. 
And so some days I get a wild hair up my, up my ass and I'm like, all right, I'm going to make a vision board and I'm going to do this. Some days I'll be like, I need some, I need to relax. I need to just meditate. Some days I stand in front of the mirror and I look at myself and I do my hair and I do my positive affirmations. I start to feel myself, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and some days it's just me putting on some, um, relaxing music and I just lay down for a little bit and just think about all the things I'm so grateful for. And then some days I throw myself into my work and helping other people. And that's, that has been, for me, I have found the most effective and I don't get bored Mm. because everybody's story is so different and I'm so attached and I love people so much that I'm also, I'm working my passion into my sobriety. Mm. And that has, that has really worked for me. So for other people, you know, maybe, maybe the positive affirmations start to lose their sparkle, but there are different ways to feel good about yourself. Go do something that, that you will feel accomplished for. I don't care if it's doing the dishes. I don't care if it's writing a journal entry, uh, maybe taking a walk, going to get the mail, whatever it is, but do something that you're like, okay, I did something good today. I did something positive. That's good enough. Sometimes that's good enough. It doesn't always have to be like, yeah. So I have a, I have a toolbox, but my toolbox is filled to the brim with all kinds of different things that will keep me sober. Right. And everybody's toolbox looks different. One thing that I do know for sure is that if you have struggled with addiction or, or alcoholism, you need to find yourself an actual therapist, somebody who is licensed because you are dealing with trauma that you don't even know about. Mm-hmm. And that yep. when I found that out, I was like, Oh my God, I'm so freaked out. Right. I started like really freaking out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I got to get a therapist. I got to get a therapist. You know, I was afraid of my own brain. And I know it sounds crazy, but it was true. I was afraid of all the stuff that, you know, I had shoved down in the last 10 years. And it was just like sitting there and it was slowly boiling And I was afraid it was going to pop open, you know, like, Mm -hmm. like the pan was just going to and explode all over my kitchen. (laughs) I was terrified. So I do, I do. I think that you need to get a therapist and I think that you need to find things that work for you and it takes practice and it takes time and it takes experimentation, Mm -hmm. but you will know what works for you by evaluating how it makes you feel. Mm, Right. And I think that's, that is very true because sometimes if I say to my client, okay, these are the things that I recommend for you to do. It may not always land the same way that it lands for me because my body and frequency is not at that space. So they might come, they might come to it with a lot of hesitation. They might come to it with a lot of just, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like reservation of, is this even really going to work? And there's so much that the subconscious holds onto that, that, that basically dictates what you do on a daily basis and you don't even realize it. And I learned that when I went through my certification for hypnotherapy and the things that we hold ourselves accountable for 
can be things that we just don't even, you know, something that happened to us when we were five, when we were three, when we were whatever, could be something that someone said that your brain took at that point in time and created an emotion around it, an emotional bond to that episode. And you continue to relive that in the subconscious. And when the brain thinks that you were entering into that type of same situation or very similar, it starts to put you into that space of protection. It thinks it's protecting you, but it really isn't. That's been a a big game changer as far as teaching other people how to navigate or become aware even of their subconscious thoughts. And it's hard because unless you are there kind of coaching someone through it, they don't understand the difference between what their ego is telling them and what their subconscious is brewing and having them do repeatedly out of safety. It thinks that it's keeping you safe in, in being stuck. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, it's, for, for people out there that are listening, like once you learn to discern the difference between what your subconscious is, is creating in your life and what you are able to change and reframe and reprogram, it really like it's night and day, it's night and day difference. And the brain does have the ability to rewire itself. That's neuroplasticity. So we can change the the path of our life, regardless of where we have been. But the key is you have to be willing. If you were not willing to take that step, and even after somewhat maybe in your brain thinking, okay, well, I failed the first time I went in there. And then I kind of failed again. But with each little failure that you that you realized, you were much quicker to say, you know what? I'm not living in this. I'm going to do something about it instead of going into that whole downward spiral again of the pity party. I can't do this. Everybody hates me. Life sucks. I'm a failure. You know, you could keep going on. We could create thousands of those crappy affirmations, but you have to be the one. It's always back to us. As hard as it sounds, like it sounds mean, it sounds crass, it sounds like, you know, get your shit together. Let's go. What's wrong with you? But at the end of the day, we have to be the ones. Yeah. It's really crappy to think that, but it's really the truth. And it's hard. And some people don't want to, they don't want to take it and they don't want, well, it's my, it's not my fault. Like I had a shitty life. I had a crappy childhood. I live in the dumps. I live in, you know, I hate my job. I don't like my relationship. I have no car. I have, you know, we could go again. We could think of a thousand excuses, right? Yep. But what can we do? What small win can we have today that's going to create another little win tomorrow and then another little win in maybe an hour? But you have to be it, but you have to be willing to be in the win mentality to get there. One thing that, so yes. So while, while I didn't necessarily have like an instant, like rock bottom and I was like, I'm going to change my life and everything's going to be amazing. Like I didn't have that, but 
what I did have was I started to evaluate myself the way I think and my feelings. And I didn't, the, the way that it made me feel to realize what thoughts I was having didn't feel good. And I was right. like, well, that needs to change because I don't want to feel like crap. Screw that. Right. I decided I wanted to change how I felt and I watched the secret. Right. And that is when I realized I was like, oh my gosh, all of these terrible feelings that I have been putting out into this world have been coming back to me. I have created all this crap for myself. I have, I, and it's, and it has affected other people. And I didn't, it's so much more massive than just you. Like if you are struggling with addiction or alcoholism right now, please, please, please think about this. Everything that you do directly affects someone or something in your life to a much more massive and higher degree than you could ever even think that you could even fathom. Because what, what I realized is that I, I, and the spiritual journey is very, very much so part of my sobriety too. But when I realized that I was part of this bigger collective and that I was just a child of the stars and that all of us are as people are, are connected in one way or another, I thought, oh my gosh, so all of this negativity and all this hate that I've been breeding to myself and, and to others this it's affecting people on a more massive scale than I can realize. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I've got to change that. I don't, I thought the world was revolved around me and it doesn't the my, my world now is it's not all sunshine rainbows. I'm going to be honest with you, but the vision and the mission that I had for myself has changed dramatically because I know now I feel, and I know that I feel that I feel it in my soul. And this is how I know Mm -hmm. the only mission and vision for human beings is to help other human beings. That is it. Yeah. And that, that mission will, that vision will never go away. It has been there from the beginning of time and it will always be there. And when I, when I felt that, that was, that was a big moment for me was just, okay, I don't want to be this person. I want to be this person. And so now I'm going to do all the things that this person would do. And I started acting as if I was already that person. Mm, right. And I, and I almost instantly became that person. Mm. You know, it took a lot of work and took a lot of trial and error, took a lot of falling down, you know, but once I decided to start acting as if I was already this person that I wanted to be, mm-hmm. things started to change right. and it was, and it's, it really does it boils down to that, that simplicity. It's a very simple, I hate it because it's complex, but it's simple at the same time, you know, and it's so hard. It can be so hard for people to dig themselves out of these spaces, but they, I feel like, you know, you really need to ask yourself, okay, well, is this who I want to be? Or do I want to be this person? And if I want to be this other person, I need to act like them. And then things start to kind of fall in place for you. The law of attraction says you ask, you believe, and you receive, right? Ask for what you want. Believe it is already yours, which, which also means acting as if quote unquote, mm-hmm. and then receive it by being grateful for it. Mm-hmm. Then it's yeah. that simple manifest anything. Right. 
And I think also we have this expectation of, you know, we set out on this journey and we're like, oh, well, you know, what if I start this TV show and then all of my interviews suck and nobody wants to watch it. And it's just one of those things that I start and I never finish or it's half-ass and I don't do it right. And it's somebody else is going to be better than me. And I'm not Oprah or Barbara Walters or whoever else is out there that's interviewing people and who's (laughs) going to watch it. You know what I mean? Like the rhetoric just starts going and going and going. And then, but then if you just surrender and you're like, okay, this is what I'm doing. I am going to interview amazing humans. I know how to ask thought provoking questions. It is going to be what it is going to be. And I'm surrendering what I think the outcome is, is going because no one ever knows truly what the outcome is essentially going to be. You can, these athletes and I, and it breaks my heart. Sometimes they, they go to the Olympics and they're like, they're going to win the gold medal or they're going to win And you see like these marathon runners and they're in like mile 20 and they pull a hamstring and they were in first or second place contention for gold or silver. Mm -hmm. And they have to pull out of the race. They've trained for the last eight years of their life for this day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so we put so much effort and so much stress on the outcome of something. Why can't we just teach people to enjoy the journey, enjoy the space where they are at, enjoy the fact that I'm building. I may only have five amazing people on my interview list, but you know what? Damn it. Come back to me in six months. Exactly. I will have learned. I will have grown. I will have improved my questioning. I will have, you know what I'm saying? Like enjoy the process. Yeah. And one of the, one of the biggest things that I teach my clients as, as a business confidence coach is take the massive imperfect action, right? I started this show. I had nobody lined up. I was just going to go ahead and start it. And I started it and two, three weeks into it now. And I've got interviews lined up through the rest of the month, or sorry, through the rest of the year because I just decided to take massive imperfect action. Mm-hmm. Didn't know if it was going to flop, but I also didn't care. I also knew that my values and my core belief was that I just want to help people. And if I can help one person, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. If all, if all I do is help one person with this show, then I've done what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's so important when you're setting your goals to, you need to, you've got to make sure that your goals and your ambitions align with who you are and what you value, mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, what you value and your core beliefs and, and things like that, that's all that matters. The money is not going to matter. Right. You know, when you're in the grave, the money doesn't matter. When you're in the grave, what matters is what did you do with your life? How did you help people? Mm-hmm. Were you acting in a, in alignment with your core beliefs and your values. And what, what people will find is when you really start digging deep more, I think that, I think that people that don't dig deep and they think the very surface level of things, I think that what they will find when, when they start to really analyze themselves is that they have a core belief or a value 
that they are shying away from. And it is more than likely just helping other people because it feels Mm -hmm. so good. It is one of those things that we all do. It's like a, it's just human nature. It feels good to help people. Mm -hmm. And I think every human can relate to that. So when you're working in your business, when you're working, you know, maybe I don't care if you work at Walmart and like you're the greeter or whatever, but if you feel like you're making a difference and that you're helping people in some way Mm -hmm. that will feel fulfilling. Right. And at the end of the day, you will be satisfied that you were aligned with your values and your beliefs and you did the things. And you just have no idea. Like the other day I was talking to someone and Mm -hmm. I was contemplating like changing the intro to my podcast. Cause I say this little spiel at the beginning of all my podcasts. And I, I thought, you know what, I, maybe it's just not like, maybe I should change it. Like, maybe it just doesn't sound like, it just kind of sounds like whatever. So somebody the other day actually said, you know what, when I listened to the beginning of your podcast, it made me really believe that I could do something because you told me that all I had to do was just do the thing. And I could, and and like, just, so I was like, wow, that's just the intro. Like, I don't even think about, I think, cause I've heard it so many times already that I'm bored with it. And I'm like, this can't be good. Like somebody just, they must think this is just stupid. Right. And when I heard that for someone else, that's never heard it before. It might be the first time that someone's ever told them that they could actually do something. Mm-hmm. And then I had somebody tell me that they had never, I mentioned, we were talking about the book, The Secret on another podcast. They had never heard of the book, The Secret. So when we think that we've heard all the things and we're bored with them, it's because that's what's been in our container. That's what we've been living and breathing all this time. But for someone else who's just new to this path and they've never heard of certain things, That's our job to be that helpful light and that disciple that's actually spilling out this information for people to learn. That's what we're here for. We're here to be like the light, people say light workers, but whatever you want to call it, like we're here to dispel the myths of the layers of spirituality and things can be found in the everyday words that we speak. It doesn't have to come from some particular spiritual container of knowledge. It it's everyday conversation that can be spiritual. So one thing, yeah. One thing that we practice that, that is practiced in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous is you go in there to share your experience, strength, and hope. That is what you do. And that is your, your testimony. When you, when you're speaking in these meetings, and you're sharing your experiences and all that, you're also sharing strength and hope for the next alcoholic that just walked in. Who's afraid to talk. Mm. They might hear something that they need to take, right? We need to do that in our lives as we're having coffee with friends, as we're, you know, standing in line at the grocery store, maybe it, it, it just any area of life, share your experience, your strength and your hope, share your knowledge, because not everybody has the same experience. Not everybody has the same knowledge or the hope or the strength or, or whatever it may be. 
So sharing that, it's such a human experience, but it is often overlooked, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And when you mentioned hope, and not only is your name hope, but there's a climber. um, I don't know if you've heard of the movie 14 Peaks, um, but if you want a very inspirational movie, he climbed 14 um, of the highest peaks in Asia. Okay. And during his, during the documentary, he talks about, he's Nepalese. He talks about hope is God. Yes. The word hope, even if he doesn't believe in God, right. Or people don't believe they have their own versions of their own spiritual person that they pray to worship, whatever you want to call it. Right. But the word hope, he said, hope, you find God, you find spirit, you find whatever it is you need to move you to the next level up that mountain is found in hope. So hope is God. And it took me like, it took me a couple times watching it to understand what he was saying. Cause he would keep, he would keep saying like, hope is God, God is hope. And I'm like, I don't understand it. But then when I I sat and I'm like, okay, now I understand. And it's just, it's a beautiful way, I think, to think about that word because people are like, oh, well, I hope I go here or I hope I make a million dollars or I hope I have a great TV network show. But if you're just hoping your life away, then you're not really in that that frequency you need to be in. But when we change the context of the word hope and we put it into that spiritual container of hope is actually the spirit that's moving you through it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so, and, and with that, so for me, haha, my name is hope, but (laughs) no, right. Go figure that, figure (laughs) that out. But, um, for me, hope is really it. When I went into the rooms of AA, I was really worried because I thought it was a religious program instead of a spiritual program. And I didn't know the difference was. And so I was really hesitant and I was really, at first I was very confused. And then this woman tells me, she says, I don't care if you worship a door handle, but you have got to believe that that door handle is more important and bigger than you. And when I thought about it, I was like, okay, so essentially I'm giving up the ego. Yes. And that, Mm -hmm. that will lead me. That will be my spiritual guide, but I've got to give up the ego. And when I realized that the dynamic that I had, this thought process of, of spirituality and religion, it changed. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just still think to this day, it's just so funny. She goes, I don't care if you worship a door handle, but it has got to be more important than you. But if it's the door handle that opens the door to the success that you are looking for, then let it be. Right. But it's, it's just, I think at the end of the day, you're, you're just agreeing to make this shift and change. And like you said, you know, sometimes it takes more than just one time to say, okay, you know what? It didn't work. Now I I need to, I need to figure out a new way into the place that I am wanting to go. And it's just the never giving up. 
it's the never quit on yourself. As hard as you feel like it is, don't ever quit. Because if you quit, then you quit. Like there's no, like if, if someone's running a race and they quit and you, you, you're not going to cross the finish line. Like you just, yeah. you quit. I don't care how close you are. You could quit 15 yards before the finish line. And if you don't cross the finish line, you're not going to get your medal. Now, maybe they don't care about the medal. It's more of the metaphor of quitting, but people, they, they, they quit too quickly because they give in because the pain is harder than what they anticipated it being. But if they would just push a little bit more, you know, there's an excellent cartoon that I saw and it was this, it's this guy and he's in this mound of dirt, right? He's inside this like dirt tunnel and right on the other side of where he's digging is a mountain of gold, but he quits like two inches. He just had two more inches to go and he throws the shovel down and he gives them. And that's a great, it's a great visual representation of, of how close we are to our breakthroughs, to our dreams, to our achievements, our ambitions, our goals that, that we try to do. We are literally sometimes two inches, one phone call, one podcast, one, you know, one dollar away and we don't even see it. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard because our brain and tagging off of what you had said earlier, our brains actually think in terms of reference points. Mm-hmm. We don't see things in absolutes. We see things in reference points that sometimes we have learned from early childhood, right? Mm-hmm. So if I have this underlying notion, um, let's say I have this underlying notion that money is difficult to come by. It's you have to work really hard. You, you know, and this is, this is a popular one because money, sometimes it is hard to come by money or it feels that way. Right. 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 But if you, but if you feel, if you truly feel that way, then you're much more likely to give up when you are two inches away from that $100,000 mark. And you don't even know it. You're one, one letter opening away from a hundred thousand dollars. And you don't even know those things because you learned from a very, or, or you have taken in from a very young age. I can't have this kind of money. I will never, you know, make 10 K in a month. I will never da, 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 da. When really, if you shift your perception, give yourself a little bit of grace, give yourself a little bit of hope and trudge on just a little bit farther. You find that, you know, sometimes all it takes is a week, a month, mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but you don't know unless you try. Right. And you've got to do the trying, right? Yeah. And that's the heart. I mean, I think that when people are in these dire situations and they don't have the tools or the support or even just the knowing that something else greater than themselves exists out there, because all they've surrounded themselves in their container is of people of the same kind of mentality. mentality. It's like, you don't ever want to be the smartest person in the room. I don't ever want to be the smartest person in the room. I always want to have people way, way, way ahead of me in that room that I'm sitting in, because that means that I have room to grow. Mm -hmm. And I have people that I am aspiring to not necessarily follow their footsteps, but learn what it took for them to take those steps 
and maybe I trudge a different path. Doesn't mean I have to take their same trail they blazed, but at least I'm, I'm, I'm in the wisdom frequency of what it took for them to get to that space. And that's the key is to always be in the space of people that challenge your thoughts, that challenge the way you believe, that challenge what you think you are possible of achieving. Because if someone's done it, it's possible, plain and simple. And one thing I want, I just want to tag on to this a little bit too. If you're in business and you're, you're an entrepreneur of some sorts, you need to spend 50% of your time working on your business and the other 50% of your time learning about your business. So you always, it's a constant, you need to constantly be on that frequency of education, of getting inspired, of, you know, all those things, because that's what will change your business. That's what's going to grow your business. But, and I, and being surrounded by people that raise your frequency is huge. In my personal life, I spend time with people who are sober, right? I spend time with people who care a lot about practicing gratitude, who care a lot about their frequencies, their mental health, those things, because that is the kind of person that I want to be. Mm -hmm. And then in business, I spend a lot of time with people who, you know, are educated, educated, and then also that are continuing to learn in their business, because I want to do that as well. So you've got, you know, surround yourself with these people and you will find that your, your vibration is going, is going to go up and continue to learn. Because you've got, nobody knows how much time we have on earth, but even if we spent all that time learning, what a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So now that you're in this place of recovery and your, you know, things are starting to flourish and you're starting to see like your, your work paying off, how does the dynamic now with your maybe old friends, family, how do they see this new version of you? I mean, I'm sure your family is ecstatic. Maybe your friends who you commiserated with back in the times, maybe they're not so excited for you, but for the most part, like your, your family must be like over the moon just for you and excited. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, I've always had very supportive parents. So let me lead with that. They have always supported me and they supported me when I decided to go to rehab and they supported me when I had my son and things like that. But in sobriety, I, I sleep better knowing that my mom is not missing sleep because she's worried about me. Mm -hmm. She knows where I'm at. She knows that I am safe because there were many, many, many nights that she stayed up and I'm sure she cried. And I'm sure she was heartbroken and worried and scared that her daughter was sleeping in a car outside of a bar or that her daughter was going to find herself in some really scary situations. And I start to tear up when I think about it Mm -hmm. because it makes me so happy to know that they know that I'm safe and that I am thriving and they, they are so proud of me. And, and it's funny because like when they come over, I can actually invite my family over now for dinners. 
Like, and I'm going to be there. Like, I'm not going to flake out on them or I'm not going to, you know, say, oh, let's have dinner and then just order a pizza because I was too drunk to cook, (laughs) you know? And I take a lot of pride in that because at one point you couldn't trust me. You couldn't trust me to do the, to do the things I said I was going to do and to be the person that I said I was going to be. Cause at one point you just couldn't do that. And so now, you know, yesterday for me, for, for us was Easter and I had 10 people in my house and I cooked fried chicken and bacon, green beans. And I was the hostess with the mostest. That's the person I wanted to be this whole time. I was having amazing, genuine conversations. I genuinely was listening to how my mom was doing and, and how my dad was doing. And, you know, it's just, it just changes everything. And I feel very, very grateful and very at peace and that I'm not in that turmoil and that I'm not creating that chaos for them too. Mm -hmm. And as far as friendships go, I lost a lot of people that I thought were my friends. Mm -hmm. But when I looked back, mm, they probably weren't the best for me. They wanted me to be be the girl at the bar with them. They wanted Mm -hmm. me to be loud and crazy hope that, you know, kind of always drank too much and got herself in trouble. And, but she was a good time. That's all that mattered to them. They weren't the people that I could call at 3am when, you know, I was too drunk to drive or when I drove anyway and wrecked my car, I didn't call those people, you know? And so now I'm really developing friendships that are healthy and conducive to the person that I've decided I'm going to be. I mean, it's beautiful that it's, it, it's, it's always nice to hear like the story that has a beautiful ending because we see lots of stories that don't, they, they just, they, they can never get out of, of the train wreck. Like they just keep, they, they keep wrecking the train to the point where there's no train. But I think through conversations and, and just putting out the ripple effect of these types of, you know, interviews and, and real conversations with people that have gone through it, that still go through it, that are still, you know, like you said, you wake up every morning and you're like, okay, I'm making the conscious decision today that this is not going to happen. Even if it is every day, if it's keeping you from doing the thing that you know is not good for you and it moves you closer to the goals that you have, then more power to you. But it's, it's teaching people and just even making that, that making people aware of that type of engagement within your own self and within your own life. And I'm happy that you are doing such amazing and wonderful things. And I cannot wait to see how this, you know, this, the TV show goes and, and, you know, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a beautiful thing and you're going to change a lot of people's lives. And I think that's at the end of the day, that that's what, not to mention that it will change your life, but in changing other people's lives and saving them from some of the things that maybe you've gone through, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be great. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm excited to have you come on as well. I'm really excited about our interview. Um, But yeah, like the whole vision and the mission for the show was really 
to provide women with the resources they need to make a positive change in their lives, tips, tricks, tools. And I wanted to have people on there as guests that that the audience can actually talk to, right? We're not Oprah. Like you said, we're not Barbara Walters. Um, We're not unattainable. And one of my biggest thing is like in my Facebook group, um, on my Instagram with this show, people can actually message me and be like, Hey, this resonated with me. What information do you have on this? And then I can point them in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Or if they just want to talk, I can talk to them for 30 minutes and have a cup of coffee. Like it's a, it's genuine, real connection. The opposite of addiction is connection. Mm. And I think the opposite of a lot of stuff in life that is bad for you is connection. And so, um, it's just, that's really important to me. That's like the vision and the mission. Are you fully booked out for the rest of the year as far as your interviews go, or are you, uh, pretty, pretty well. Um, and I haven't opened booking yet <laughs> until I probably won't open booking until fall for next right. year. Wow. So far, I mean, it looks like we're really good and it's going to be like on track to be, to be successful next year as well. So I will probably open booking again. If people are looking to be guests, um, probably in the fall sometime. Um, but I'm also, I, you can follow me on Instagram. It's hope long coaching. And I post a lot of inspirational stuff on there and you can send me a direct message and we can chat. And then you can also join my Facebook group. Uh, it's called self-improvement for women. And we just really, the group is great. We support each other. We talk about what we've got going on. Um, we talk about our businesses and we talk about, you know, all kinds of stuff. We have a coffee chat that we do on Wednesdays and Saturdays. So if you're looking to connect in that way, we'd love to have you. And yeah, it's just real women having real conversations. Awesome. So great. And I'm so grateful that I'm on season one of the show at some point. I don't know. Well, yeah, season, yeah, I guess it would be season one, right? There's yeah. Only, yeah. 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 Is there anything that you would want people to know or you want to leave people with before we close out this episode that means a lot to you? Yeah, I think, yeah, what I'll, what I'll just leave the listeners with is, is one piece of advice, do the hard thing, whatever the hard thing is, just do it. I don't know if it may be getting out of a really bad relationship or putting a needle down or starting a business or jumping on an Instagram live. I don't care what it is do the hard thing and then take, take the, the doing that you did and learn from it. Mm-hmm. And you just might find that it could change the trajectory of your life. I agree. And is there any particular maybe book or movie or something that you've read, watched that made a big impact? Oh my gosh. All the things. Um, I'm looking at my bookshelf right now and I'm like, okay, which one do I tell them about? I mean, I know we talked about the secret a little bit, but yes, um, Lisa Nichols has a book, um, and it's called abundance now. And if you're interested in the law of attraction and the secret and that kind of stuff and getting into that mindset of abundance instead Mm -hmm. of lack or scarcity, definitely read this. That is a good book. It's called abundance now. Um, 
And then I also recommend the five love languages mm, because okay. it's just a classic and it's a really good one for relationships and stuff. Because if you don't love yourself, it's hard to, it's hard to give, it's hard to pour from an empty cup. Yeah. 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 It's hard to be loved and it's hard to love when you don't yeah. love yourself. Yes, so, ma'am. Yeah. Thank you so much for this chat. And thank you. Um, I, I love talking to we'll, you. Well, that, you know, I hope that this really resonates and someone finds piece of inspiration and hope in it. And there definitely is a lot of hope in it because you're here, but um, <laughs> I just, um, just keep doing the thing and sharing our, whatever we have and lessons learned and spreading the, the awareness. Yes, and I love that. Thank be you. Be the change. I have loved our conversation. Thank you so much. Yes. Well, thank you. And I look forward to connecting with you soon. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for listening to the show today. I really appreciate and value your time. If you think that someone else could use a listen to this, please share. And if you want to make sure to not miss any episodes, I would greatly appreciate you hitting the subscribe button. I hope you have an amazing week and I'll see you next week. Remember, nothing changes if nothing changes and the choice is always yours.